0: Hi, I'm Christina Davis, and welcome to the Crazy Nomad Podcast, where we talk about the real side of working and living as a digital nomad. On this podcast, you will hear real insights and stories from actual digital nomads, sharing what life is really like abroad, how they got here, what they do, and also all the funny, absolutely crazy, difficult, and ridiculous stories of those living outside of the normal nine-to-five. So, get ready to be inspired, laugh with us, and learn from all of these crazy nomads. All right, guys, welcome back to the Crazy Nomad Podcast. We have another awesome guest on today. I am super excited to bring Susan on here, who's had a great content creation journey. I've loved following along from almost the start from when I got to Bali and kind of met you and found out who you are from mutual friends, and then just seen what you've done since then and grown. So, I'm super excited to have you on. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. <laughs> of course. So why don't you dive in, give us a, you know insight into your story, who you are, um, and what your journey has been like.
1: All right. Okay. So my name is Susan. I'm originally from the Netherlands. Uh, my whole background story basically is that I loved traveling. I knew from a young age I didn't want to work nine to five because I felt trapped and I just, I wanted to do my own thing. But obviously, because of society, what they tell you, I needed to go study, and I needed to be normal, basically, in a way. So I went to um university, I studied tourism management because that was my only way to still be associated with traveling, and I loved it. I loved exploring new places, and I only realized, why well, I'm studying, but I still don't want to work in a job, like I want to do my own thing, and then um. I graduated from tourism in the in the year that Corona was there. So I had a degree of tourism and the whole world basically shut down. So I couldn't do anything with my degree. It was literally useless. And um, I had a lot of savings because I worked as a waitress on the side all the time because I knew I wanted to travel. I knew I needed this money someday to make my dreams come true. And I remember sitting at home. I couldn't even work anymore as a waitress because all the catering businesses were closed. I had a degree that was useless, and I just told my mom, "Mom, I'm gonna go. <laughs> I'm gonna go to Bali. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have all my savings, and then just see what I can make of my life and see if I can make my dreams reality." And that's basically how I ended up in Bali. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, I think a lot of people have a similar story around the COVID aspect. People
0: are like, well, I'm going to figure this out somehow, or I want to continue doing it or, you know, find a different way to make it all happen. So what made you decide to get into,
1: you know, content creation? Yeah, that's a good question. It's basically because... Uh, I studied tourism management so I traveled a lot already and there were a lot of people asking can you show your travel somehow can I follow you somewhere but I had no idea so I just built this really easy website and I put some pictures on there and I blogged a little bit so that people could follow me back home and somehow I kind of liked doing it and I started to look into editing and how I can make my pictures more beautiful and then I thought I want to make my Instagram more beautiful as well and then when COVID hit and I didn't have anything anymore so many people told me well you still have your website and you have your beautiful pictures there why don't you go and do something with that so it isn't really something that I wanted to do for years but it kind of just like came up and I had no idea how to even make money with it so I I said to them, like, it's nice making pictures and like writing about my travels, but it's not something that's sustainable, you know. And then um, how smart Google is, I got these advertisements of the influencer master course. Somehow they picked up that I maybe wanted to do something like that. And I actually bought this master course. And that is how everything started, because that basically taught me how I could earn money from being like, a content creator so that's how I rolled into it that's awesome and i think
0: a lot of people kind of there's been a whole world of course creation and courses that's come out i think in the past few years it's really you know expanded and doubled and i think some people are hesitant to like yeah. kind of take one or feel like people are just kind of not scamming them but aren't sure if it's worth it and i do think there's so many good ones still out there that you can learn so much and the whole point behind courses that you're learning information at a quicker rate than you could on your own so what was your experience being like in the course that you did
1: it was for me such a good experience because it's also something that i was highly interested in so when i'm interested in something i'm the best student ever so i basically finished the course within one week and i do have to say the woman that made the course she knew a lot she was very professional like it was a very good course but back at the time I think it was like five or six hundred euros and that was for me so much money that was like a huge investment so I was so scared to make it so I really understand that if you make a huge investment like that that it has to be worth it as well and I totally agree with what you say that there obviously are also bad courses out there because there are so many and that's that's a difficult thing but for me luckily I had the best experience and I learned everything that I needed to learn in order to start my whole career. Yeah that's awesome.
0: So how long from when you took the course until you actually set off to go to Bali?
1: <laughs> not long at all. <laughs> I th- I think um, not even a month because for me like I was so done with the whole situation and everything here was also getting a bit depressed and like the weather was super bad and I didn't have anything to lose. So basically when I made my decision, that was back in the time when it was super difficult to get into Bali. So I needed to find a sponsor and I needed to book my ticket. And once I'd done that, that took me maybe two weeks, I think two or three weeks later I was off to Bali so basically I made a decision and a month later I was gone already (laughs) yeah I definitely
0: mine was kind of similar and since I decided to go to Bali and I was ready to go and I was actually going to go around the same time I think you went like the fall of 2020 but then my family was like please stay for Christmas I ended up kind of like pushing it back and coming the day after Christmas Um, but when you got to Bali how did you kind of integrate this content creation into your life and schedule and build start building up like your Instagram and
1: your kind of business from there? I didn't, well, the first thing, like I didn't really had a plan because I didn't even know really what I wanted to do, because obviously you have blogging, you can do like you like podcast, you can do YouTube, you can do Instagram, like there were so many things. So I started blogging, like I started to work on my website and do that for the beginning and work with affiliate links and look into all these other things but I realized that I didn't really enjoy writing all the time like I just wanted to go out there and like have fun and explore and I was really active on Instagram so I was going there a lot luckily and then long story short I had friends that told me Susan you're all the time on your Instagram stories and you're not earning any money with it like why don't you just start a YouTube channel but that was for me literally the scariest thing that you could tell me because it was I'm born and raised in a really small city and like being in front of a camera is only for like celebrities and like don't do too crazy you know so I was like I can't like I, I I just can't I was scared and I completely said like no I'm not gonna do it so I basically did Instagram for a while as well but it wasn't earning at all enough money so I thought okay why don't I just make one YouTube video with the camera that I have, nothing fancy, see if I like it, see how people respond to me. Don't tell my family and friends back home. Just put it out there and don't tell anyone and then see how it goes. And then it went well. And, I, and the responses were actually really nice. And then I made a second one and a third one. And then my fifth video on YouTube went super viral and got me monetized which is literally a dream for so many people that start on YouTube. And I still actually had no idea what I was doing because like I said, the course taught me so much, but that wasn't about YouTube. It was more about how to have your personal brand and how to be on Instagram. So in that case, like with the whole YouTube thing, I kind of rolled into it and then I immediately started to take it really serious. And that's again, when I invested in the Lost Creator Academy and, That's when my content creation and my whole editing level went really high. And I hired an editor as well. So that's how the whole YouTube thing kind of started. That's awesome how it kind of like organically started and you
0: kind of fell into it. And, you know, it was considered your fifth video, which I'm sure for a lot of people is insane to think because I know people who have been on it for like a year or two years and still trying to get that, you know, a thousand subscribers. So it's really awesome. So. What was the actual personal journey like you said coming from someone who wasn't in front of cameras and, you know, wasn't that type of person to now being like front face, thousands of views, putting out these videos? What was like the personal growth
1: that you saw from yourself throughout the journey of it? I think for me, the personal growth that I had over the last two years is literally exceptional because I came, I was so shy and I was also I come from the Netherlands and there's this part where we have a different accent as well. So I was my whole life. I've been bullied that I had this accent because I talk different than everyone else and no one ever took me seriously. So I was always afraid to actually speak because at one point there were even teachers that told me, Susan, if you keep talking with this accent, people will not take you seriously. And I couldn't help it because literally that was my accent. So I was terrified and always meeting new people I was questioning if they would even like me what I could do for them to like me so I was only worried about other people and never worried about myself and I think what also comes again with these courses is that they teach you also a mindset part and then they had it over they were talking about different mindsets and I never heard about it and I was like what is it so I started to listen to podcasts I started to read these Self-development books and literally a whole world opened up for me. Because I think for me, the most important thing is just my self-love and my self-confidence. And in, in the in the most loving and highest way possible, that you can do that. Because the more you love yourself, the more you accept your mistakes and you only see everything as a lesson. If something happens, I don't even see it as a failure anymore. I'm just like, okay lesson learned let's move on and that's kind of the mindset that I had and now even if I get like a bad comment on YouTube or something it rarely happens but then I'm like oh I feel sorry for them that they have to leave a bad comment I'm not even I'm not even taking it personal anymore so it's been a very long journey but I think it's for everyone possible but you just really need to invest time and sometimes also money in yourself. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think being in Bali specifically, like the mindset
0: personal development world will really opened up even for me as, as well. Like I went to Bali and I was never the personal development book reader. I was like, I'm fine, I'm good. Like I'm happy in my life, whatever. And then you come up to these new business ventures or getting yourself on social media and you start to realize mindset really does affect your ability to get out there or put yourself out there or take a new journey, a new leap, start a new YouTube channel, whatever it might be. And it's so important to like have a proper mindset, especially for like yeah. anyone who wants to become a digital nomad or wants to take the leap into this type of lifestyle. Like it is completely unknown to most things you do. You know, we grow up going to school, you go to university, you get your degree, you get a job, you work up the corporate ladder. That's all great and fine. Like it's for some people and for others who don't want it. But if you don't want it, you better have a quite a strong mindset to be like, I'm going to do this. And I might make a fool of myself yeah. on YouTube twice or three times or a bunch of times. I might, you know, put up a post that no one responds to. I might get a negative comment here and there. People from home might think my idea is stupid, but like, I love what I'm doing. and It's good. Like I'm happy and you need to definitely have that to make success of it all.
1: Yeah. I 100% agree with it. Like I have this conversation almost daily, especially now I'm currently back in the Netherlands and I see how the school system is here and how the mindsets of people is here again. And I just, I feel a bit sorry because I wish that growing up and at high school, I had sometimes a self-development lesson in school or that at least you get prepared for the world, you know, like there are so many things that you have to face. There's so much going on in our head. and the only thing that we're being taught is just like math and history. And like, obviously it's in the school system. So they believe that you need to know it. But I think it's so important to learn how to love yourself, how to handle failure, how to handle if you're, for example, being bullied or rejected. And just like, I see like the depression rate in the Netherlands is also, also really high now. So I think there's so much that people can still learn, but it's a bit on the background. Yeah, I definitely agree. And failure is a big one.
0: Like everyone's so afraid to fail. And like, if you do go on your own or start a business or go after just a type of lifestyle, you're going to fail. Like the reality is at some point, there's going to be some sort of failure. It might not be a massive, colossal failure, but it's going to be some failure at a little sense. And you have to be able to like pick yourself up and be like, it's okay. Like I can keep going. I can get through this. Like it's not going to kill me, you know, and with every failure that you have, you know, I've had certain businesses that didn't work out for me and I changed along the way, especially being a digital nomad. I went from, you know, virtual assistants to coaching to now doing podcast management. And it's been a complete growth and change. And some of them worked way better than others. And, you know, at the time you're like, oh my God, this isn't working out. What am I going to do? But if you don't have that positive, strong mindset and you aren't aware of how to even handle it. Then it becomes so much harder to keep going or to pivot and be like, "All right, this isn't working. Let's try something else next."
1: Yeah, exactly. I hundred percent agree with it. It's like for people who want to be a digital nomad. For me, what what's been the key is literally like the self love, the strong mindset, but also when that part meets passion, because there is gonna be a lot of failure and there is gonna be a lot of times where you feel completely defeated. Like I for example, I had my whole website on, I was blogging. It took me hours and weeks and months to even make it. And I wasn't earning any money with it. And basically, I think my first seven months of living in Bali, I didn't earn any money. And I was working every day from eight until 10 in the night. So 8 a.m. until 10 p.m. And people were telling me like, Susan, why don't you just get a remote job or why don't you just, but I really had that strong desire to work for myself. And that's also really important to find something that really sets your heart and soul on fire because you need to put so much time in it. And there is, like I said, there's going to be failure, but if you really, really want something, literally anything is possible. And that's what you're going to start to believe because the more you spend the more time you invest in it the more you will see results as well and that kind of gives you wings it's like this cycle that only gets you higher and higher yeah and I definitely think it's like the compound effect is what I always say like the more
0: time you put and the more like things you keep doing and building upon eventually you will get to where you want to go but you can't you know dibble dabble and things and be like oh I'll just I'll do a couple hours here, a couple hours there. Like you really have to put your all into it because as you compounded all of your actions, like you actually do get closer to where you want to be. So what was like your, obviously your YouTube journey, you had your, your fifth video that went viral and you monetized. From there, like what were the biggest things you learned about growing a YouTube channel um, for someone who kind of wants to start or get involved in it? Like what was, what
1: were the key things that you kind of learned along the way? Um... I think what was my golden ticket to growth is to really listen to your audience because like I said in the beginning I was so new to YouTube that I had no idea what to even post on it so what I did was just look in the comments and in the beginning I only had five or six but then sometimes someone would tell me like can you make a video about this and I was like okay I'll just make a video about that and then kind of like people started to comment a lot on what they wanted to see because they saw that I listened to them. And then I had so many video requests and I just started to make all of those videos. So that's why I have a lot of informative videos on my channel as well. And then I kind of rolled into the whole food content. So I did for a while. I tried a lot of Indonesian dishes and my audience just loved it so much. So I took I think two or three hours, sometimes a day where I went through all the comments and I wrote down on a piece of paper, okay, they want me to try this dish. They want me to to talk about this in my next video. And I basically just recorded all those videos. And to be honest, when once I had like 30,000 subscribers, I still didn't even know how to properly upload a YouTube video. I was just like, putting everything out there and i my a friend of mine taught me like susan you can also put in keywords in the description like that will help you rank higher and i was like huh how do i even do that so that i'm the wrong person to tell you exactly like the whole technical part about youtube but for me it was basically just to spend a lot of time with the community and just really listen to them and also look at the analytics because i was always checking where the people came from and then what their interests were, so I think that's for me the number one thing that really helped me to grow a lot.
0: Yeah, I definitely think it's, it's good to kind of learn a lot of basics or a lot of, you know tools, like you said, keywords, or even just watch YouTube videos on what you want to do. I always, People ask me all the time I get to my comments, they're like, "How did you learn to do what you did?" And like, took a course, to be honest, and then I learned on my own. I watched YouTube videos. Yeah. Thousands of them. And anytime I wanted to learn something new, I just start there. And then I would start fiddling with things. And there's so much free information out there. Like, if you really are shopped for money and you can't, you know, invest in a course for five or $600, like go out there and just start watching videos, read a book, listen to podcasts. There's so much out there that can help you. But I feel like some people get in their own way of being like, I just want, you know, students want to tell me what to do. It's like it is all out there. You just kind of need to figure it out and then learn as you go because you're not going to be able to know everything before you start.
1: Exactly. I think that's a really important piece of advice because I had countless times that I was sitting in my room and I needed to make the smallest change on my YouTube channel or I needed to do something with editing and I still had no idea. So I needed to go to YouTube and then look everything up again and learn everything by myself. And sometimes... I was working until 5 a.m. because I just couldn't figure out how to change the smallest detail on my website. But again, that's when passion and dedication meet each other because you need to figure out everything by yourself. And you need to take super high responsibility because that's also something that I learned pre- in my previous self. If if something would not work out, I'd be like, oh, this website sucks. I'm going to go to another website. But now I'm like, no, it's my like it's my thing to actually solve this, and it's my time now to go and learn how to change this, and that's I think if you have that level of self awareness and yeah, that's when things are really gonna work out, yeah, and I think a lot of people forget like
0: they see someone's success and they forget all the hours and time they had behind it, like to get there, they're like, "Oh, that happened so quick for them, like it's been a year, and they've grown over a hundred thousand you know, subscribers on YouTube, it must have been so easy. And it's like people forget to look and realize she was up until 5 a.m. doing the work. She was working 14 hour days. Like there is so much behind the scenes, the success that comes to people. Yeah, your fifth video might have got you monetized, but that doesn't mean that you were able to continue to grow your channel from there. So it's like there is so much work behind it that people need to realize go into the big projects and the success that you want to have.
1: Yeah yeah I 100% agree with it because it's also like the fifth video got me monetized but again like I only had four videos live so it's still not that I could like live from it I was still not earning enough money to actually cover my costs, so it was still living off my savings and that was such a scary thing as well to that that you're just not sure when you actually start to earn money because that that's when you really need to believe in yourself and you really need to manifest like, I am going to earn enough money to even cover my costs and then to maybe hire a team or something. But the more you believe in yourself and just the more work you put in, it will work out. But you just need to sacrifice a lot of time, especially for me, it was time. Like I had to say no to parties. People went, especially in Bali, like people went to beach clubs. People had like these fancy meals and obviously in Bali it's still not expensive but I said no to everything I only ate local food for a whole year and there's nothing wrong with local food but just to give you a picture of that I basically said no to all the luxury in my life like I lived in a really small guest house I didn't go shopping at all the only investment that I made was in my new vlog camera and new camera gear and that was like all also terrifying but I cut down all my costs and I did everything that was needed. And that's, that's also a thing that so many people don't want to do that. Like they don't want to say no to things that please them. Like they still want to go to fancy dinners. They still want to, I don't know, like go out shopping or something. But you really need to have that like control over yourself for
0: a while. I definitely agree when I hit a point where I was like, I want to actually build like this new business venture. I realized, okay, well going out on a Friday and Saturday night is wonderful and it's so much fun and you have all these memories. But then my Saturday day or my Sunday day, I'm not waking up at 8am and starting to work and working for a 12 hour day. I'm tired. I want to just hang out the pool. And you do end up getting to this rhythm where maybe you are sacrificing your own success or you're elongating the period it takes you to get there because you're not dedicating the amount of time that you actually need To put in to make sure that you're going to get to where you want to go. So, you do definitely have to say no to things, you know. And at the time, it might be like, oh my God, this really sucks. Like, I don't want to do this. But when you get to where you want to be and you look back, you're like, well, that was all worth it because now I can do everything that I wanted to do without the fear or worry that I'm, you know, spending more money than I have or that I'm giving up time that I don't have right now. So, you do definitely need to make the sacrifices to make the success and to make it all work.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with it. It was also for me, like I, I didn't go out for almost two years and people said like, Susan, you're so boring. Just go out and do this. And I was like, no, because I have a higher purpose. It's only, it's two years of my life. Like if after that, everything works out, it's so worth it. And basically now I look back and for me, it's so worth it. Like two years of really hard grinding and following my dreams. And now I do go out and now I do have my fun, obviously, and I can do the things that I love. But for me, it was so worth it because it's also like working on your passion and your dreams shouldn't feel like a burden. It sh- it should feel like something that you actually love to do. So for me, working on my YouTube channel and working on my website and upgrading my photography game, it was not something that I disliked. It's just you really need to have that super high discipline of, like you say, on a Sunday morning at 8am, my alarm went off and all my friends were in bed with hangovers that had the best night of their lives. But my alarm went and I just worked. But for me, again, it's so, so worth it because now I have all the freedom that I ever wanted in my life. Yeah, absolutely. So with your whole YouTube journey,
0: obviously a lot of it's it's travel-based. It's, you know, it's beautiful locations. What has been some of your favorite moments or stories or things you've been able to like video and do with your YouTube channel?
1: Oh, I really like that question. Um, I think what for me was one of my uh, that's such a oh, that's a difficult one. Okay, I think I have two. But for me, definitely sailing around the Komodo Islands, because that was when I was still Figuring out my whole YouTube game and my strategy. And I went there uh, with a very big group of creators. So we were all like on YouTube or on Instagram. So we all knew a little bit what to do. But for me, I was still, still actually a newbie to my channel. So I didn't really know how to make the perfect storyline. And I remember watching so many other people's videos on YouTube and just like, how am I going to make a video about this? And I was so nervous. And then long story short, that video is about to hit like 1 million, hopefully over the next month. It's one of my best videos ever. And it was so amazing to work with a team of creators and to just be creative together. And it basically taught me and showed me that if you just go with the flow, it will all work out. Like it was such a good experience. And obviously it's like, so so beautiful on a sailing boat with a lot of good friends everyone had the same goal the same mission and I would say like that was definitely one of the happiest moments of my life because I was kind of working but also enjoying myself so much and that video got me so many opportunities because a lot of people saw that video and that's when the ball kind of started to roll and when I had like lots of new job and client opportunities because of that video so I would definitely say the whole sailing trip around Komodo and it's also a tip for the people that are listening like I was always so afraid to do collaborations and to go with other people and travel with other creators because I thought oh I'm I'm probably not good enough like maybe they think I'm I'm a fraud or something, you know, like that's, I, that's always something that I also struggled with, but that trip also showed me that we're all the same. We're all struggling through life. Like we're all just want to make it. And it was so nice to have also that exposure on other people's channels and just have these good conversations with them. And I learned so much on that trip. So I would definitely say that's one of them. That's
0: awesome. Yeah. I think a big sentiment about that all is like community. Community is so important. And when you surround yourself with like-minded people who want the same thing as you have the same interests and you're kind of all going after it, it does make it easier to video all the things you want to do or say, Hey, let's get the shot this moment. Instead of being like with a group of friends, i like, Hey guys, uh, wait, hold on. We need to do
1: this and that. Like surrounding yourself with those people definitely is so helpful. Yeah, it's it's a game changer because before that I was always the person that had to say, like, uh, can we please stop for five minutes? I wanna make a drone, uh, a drone video. And they were always like a, a little bit annoyed or they didn't really understand me. And that's you see that in your content because you literally do something quickly. But once you are with other creators, they understand you, they wanna they know that this is your job and that this is what you need to do for a living. And I think that's also for me after that I never well obviously I did some trips with friends that were not creators but then I just didn't vlog because I knew from that moment like that's not gonna work out it's either if you want to take YouTube seriously it's not something that you can just hold your camera and join your friends for the weekend because you really need to put you need to come up with a storyline you need to think about what shots you want to make you need to be serious it's not that you like I do enjoy myself on these trips don't get me wrong but it is 80% of the time I'm working because I basically, even when I get up, I haven't even brushed my teeth. The first thing that I do is set up my camera because I need to have a shot of something, you know? Like it is, you need to always think of it. And when you are with creators, they're like, oh, you did that. That's so nice. Like that's a good thing of doing that in your video. But once you do it with people who are not creators, they don't really understand it and you can get more insecure. So I think that's it. Big game changer for a lot of
0: people, definitely um so what was your other moment? they you said you had a few besides that one that were your favorite kind of YouTube experience um, ones
1: yeah, so there is also I think in uh, Flores, also an island close to Bali, there's this really small remote tribal village in the mountains It's called Warebo i don't know if you've ever heard of it, but that's what we did after the after the sailing trip, we went to the Warebo village and that was for me, I just had COVID. I was just recovering, but I still had like insane pain in my whole body and we needed to hike, I think four or five hours through like insane steep mountains to reach that village. And I think that's for me what also was the physical challenge. And then also to create a video in the middle of nowhere and there was all, there was almost no electricity. So there was one power socket for the whole village. And I had my drone, my camera, my batteries, my GoPro, I had my big vlog camera, like my small. I had so many things. So I think that was for me also again a challenge to create there and actually to talk with the people because we couldn't understand them. But um that was one of my favorite moments so far because you're away from the whole Like society, there's only that little village there, and you're surrounded with beautiful mountains, and there are no lights to be seen. So, you literally have the whole Milky Way in the middle of the night. And yeah, that made me realize that I wanted to record more remote travels in Indonesia. So, I think that video sparked that again. And then my whole travel series around the remote parts of Indonesia started. So, that was for me a lesson in that kind of way.
0: Yeah, that's super awesome. I think also getting, you said, getting outside like the normal society and kind of having, maybe we'll call it a wake a call, but almost like a realization of what life is like outside of our normal, you know, day to day. But there are people who are living in these remote villages. And it's so awesome to um be able to video it and, you know, show the world what else is out there. And I'm sure for you like And I've seen it with a few people who are recording in Bali and stuff. They can create like such a really cool Indonesian, you know, audience that really love to watch Westerners, you know, see the country because Bali is such a small part of Indonesia. Like everyone, you know, I think forgets how big and beautiful Indonesia is. And they always think of Bali and Bali is gorgeous, don't get me wrong, but there are Uh, absolutely crazy places in indonesia that people don't see and i feel like indonesians love to share that with the rest of the world and be like this is what what else is out there outside of the you know your beach clubs that we think of when people think of indonesia and bali
1: yeah exactly and that's also then i come back again to the comments that people put on my youtube channel so the indonesian people are so proud of their country and of all the beautiful islands that are there And my comments now consist of, go visit this island, go visit there. But then I'm like, I obviously, I can't keep up with it now anymore. But those are all the comments that I'm getting now. Like, they just want me to explore their whole country and just to see everything. And there is so much. Like, there's so much to be seen. And I think that's also a big mistake that a lot of creators are doing nowadays, is that they go where a lot of people have been before already. And then obviously the competition is so hard like in Bali if you start a channel now there like obviously the competition is going to be insane because there are so many other creators but if you would go to a neighboring island and you start to create videos there you're you have like such a high chance of being one of the only people in the world that made a video about that island because I that's also one of my favorite travels I've been to Sumba island which is pretty close to Bali as well and there's almost no foreigner that went there that made YouTube videos about it, which is still crazy to me. But there were only local creators that had videos about Zumba. And I think that's where the real opportunities are to show your true self and to show something that you're really interested in. Because with all respect, but in Bali everyone has seen the flower boss by now and like the the floating breakfast. And it's still beautiful. Like obviously you want to do it and you want to experience it. And if you make a video about it, that's fine. But then it's time to start finding your niche because I think that's a really important thing to start finding your own niche and to become a person that's known for something. Yeah, I think that's definitely a good like point is Bali is
0: very inundated with people who are creators or who want to be creators. Um, And there's a lot of beautiful content you can take in Bali, but you're going to be among the masses if you don't set yourself apart and you don't, you know, get outside of here are the best beach clubs in Bali. Here's a cute cafe. Here's, like you said, a floating breakfast. They're all beautiful things and you can experience them. No one's saying you can't, but if you want to set yourself apart, You can't, you know, just focus on the common things that everyone really does. So when they go to Bali to visit, then you kind of have to get yourself, you know, out of that bubble. So one thing I thought that you did was really awesome was your walk across Bali. So I want to know how that came about. Like, what made you want to do that? And what was the experience like? And how long did it take
1: you? Because it looked absolutely unreal. (laughs) Well, thank you. Um, That started basically because I had the conversation that we are having right now with a friend back then. And... I made a few videos, which were also like the best cafes in Bali. And I remember telling to him, like, I love making these videos because it's informative. I listen to my audience. I want to give to them what they want. But it's not like my passion. Like, I don't want to be like that typical Bali girl. Like, I want to be out of the box. And I'm super adventurous. Like, I have this, I just want to explore everywhere. And that's when we started to look at yes theory videos and just like, Think really out of the box and somehow together with him we were brainstorming and we're thinking like what's something that no one has ever done in bali and it took us an hour but then i came up with the idea and i was like why don't we just walk across bali and first we wanted to do like this crazy walk all around the island which is obviously like not possible and we were brainstorming about ideas and we wanted to walk first from bali to um from bali to Java, and then take the ferry and stuff like that but then i thought no why don't we just start simple and literally walk from west to east bali and then um we came up with that idea and we thought like oh yeah that would be nice and then we kind of like saw how many kilometers it was and we divided it in i think six days so that every day you would have to walk between 15 or 25 kilometers and we reached out to hotels if they want to collaborate if we would like uh, promote them in our videos and they were like oh yeah sure that's an amazing thing that you're doing and I think within two or three days you had everything planned and then my petty peeve is that if I want to do something I want to do it now so I think basically like two or three weeks later after we planned it we started to walk already. That's awesome I think
0: that it's a lot of like a lot of what you're showing is what people don't see and Indonesia is beautiful and the people are some of the best ever. They're so kind and so friendly. So what was it like walking through these really small villages where they probably don't see, you know, many foreigners and you're walking through with your video camera kind of vlogging it all? What was the experience
1: like? How was it kind of seeing these villages? It was for me my number one favorite thing I ever did in Bali because I thought I knew Bali already and I thought that I had a good idea of how the people were, but it's like nothing. If you live in Changgu, like it's, Amazing, but that's not the real Bali. And then in North Bali, like places that I was walking, I would I never have been there before because I traveled so much around Bali, and I've never seen places like that. And also, those people have never se- seen any bullies—that's how they call foreigners in Indonesia. And they were like to the whole family. They were yelling at the family, like, "Come outside! They're foreigners walking over the street." And then the whole family came outside to watch us, and they were like. Because my my Indonesian lacks a lot, so I couldn't really have conversations with them. But like sometimes people invited me in their houses and I tried my best to talk a little bit with them. And then they gave me coffee and it was just, they're so welcoming. And I think it was heartwarming the whole trip to just see how selfless and how loving those people are. And basically it made me have so much faith again in people in humanity. Like it was so beautiful. I felt safe the whole time. There were so many people asking us if we needed a ride. Like we were invited in houses. Everyone was like, where are you walking? How far? Oh, you're so strong. Like they were, we were engaging with everyone all the time. It was the most social thing I did in a while. And obviously Bali is also super beautiful. Like I don't even need to say that, but to just like see it by foot, because Normally, I'm always on my bike. I'm listening to music. I'm watching the road like you're in your own head. But when you're walking, you don't have anything else to do than to look around you. So it was basically I saw so many new things. And I also learned again so much about the culture, about the religion in Bali just by finally opening my eyes. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. I can only imagine
0: how, you know curious everyone was and how welcoming they are because indonesians like i said are some of the friendliest and nicest people that i've encountered even if you can't exchange words with them like they will do anything they can to just smile and give you things and help you and they are honestly such great great people and it's awesome that you're able to show that to the world and show these little villages and you know what life is like for a simple life for them but how happy they are and i think it Kind of really warms you up as well. And it's been so cool, like watching your journey from kind of doing different things in Bali to now walking across Bali and going international (laughs) with everything. Um, And then I saw you built a villa in Bali. So it's been really cool to watch your journey. And I'm sure for anyone else who's been watching it, you kind of grow and now you have like this beautiful villa. Um, What was it like kind of buying that villa, building it, and having, I feel like that, like, culmination of everything you've done um, be able to kind of have a a home there now
1: yeah that's also something I was thinking about that for a long time because I fell in love with Bali and I was like I just want to be here for a longer time and then I had this friend with me and we were talking about how we could invest in property there or how it would work because in Bali there are so many different rules like as a foreigner you can't buy a villa there that's not even possible so then you would need to have your own company set up in Bali and from that company you could lease land for 10 years or for 10 years or you could like rent land for 35 years and then build your own villa. So there were so many different opportunities for me there. and then I had this one local friend who, who said like listen, I'm very well known in Brezaman, which is the area that I lived in. And he said, I can have a, I can look for villas if you want. And then I said like, yeah, why not? But I still didn't have any idea what I wanted to do. And then kind of long story short, he found this beautiful villa and it was a lease contract for 10 years. So that means that the villa is still owned by the local people, but we pay them yearly rent over the villa. So the villa is for 10 years. Is it ours? And then you can like rent it out again um so that's when the construction started and i wanted to make it like a beautiful villa because obviously my favorite color is beige and white so i wanted to have everything in those colors and make it like a true gypsy villa and um yeah it's now you get it's uh, on booking.com and airbnb and it's all done and i'm basically renting it out because I'm not in Bali at the moment. And I think also when I come back, I think I'm not going to live there for the moment because like I said, I just want to travel around. So I don't think it's going to be a home base for me anytime soon. It's now more to give like my followers and my subscribers a really nice place to stay in Bali. That's awesome though.
0: Even being able to, you know, invest in property and build that there and kind of build your dream is just amazing. But thank you so much for sharing, you know, your story with us here. Um, I think it's been super helpful and gives a lot of people some insight into what they need to focus on and what they need to become or be like to kind of have the success they want. Thank you so much. And um, we'll drop your social links below. So you'll have everyone who can go follow you from there, YouTube and your Instagram and everything. But everyone keep listening. It's another episode of the Crazy Nomad Podcast. See you guys if you are a current digital nomad remote worker or aspiring digital nomad looking to connect with a like-minded community of people to meet lean on be supported by ask questions and build friendships then the creating connections and community abroad membership is for you this membership allows you access to a tribe of people who understand your lifestyle dreams and goals no matter where you are in the world so if you are interested in learning more about this community Click the link below or DM me a nomad on Instagram to come join our community of crazy nomads.